good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Lockdown measures extended till month's end, 29 provinces now in dark red zones. The Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration, CCSA, chaired by Prime Minister Prayut Chanacha, on Sunday extended lockdown measures until the end of August in a bid to tackle the fast-spreading Delta variant. In addition, the CCSA also increased the number of provinces in the dark red zones from 13 to 29. I'll leave a link below to the 29 that are now in the most controlled zones. Meanwhile, restaurants and food kiosks inside department stores and community malls are now allowed to provide delivery and take-home services. Separately, the CCSA held discussions on procuring 30 million doses of Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines within this year. Now that leads us into today's COVID-19 numbers as they set records with 178 deaths and 18,912 cases over the past 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry reported on Saturday morning. Of the new cases, 18,102 were in the general population and 810 were prison inmates. Over the past 24 hours, 10,715 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospital. I don't think there's much to comment on that. It's still the same as it has been for the last few weeks. Um, Increasing numbers, increasing deaths, hospitals getting to full capacity right now. There's a number of TikTok videos out there of a nurse basically shared videos of patients being kept outside on trolleys because the hospitals were so full. And you can just hear her in it saying how fed up she is of this and why nobody is helping. So things are getting to desperate stages in in Bangkok. The increased number of provinces that uh, have been added now to the dark red zones just shows you how much the COVID-19 pandemic has taken over here in Thailand. I mean, it's basically adding 14 more onto it and it's increased the center of the country basically to uh, dark red zones. Uh, places like Phuket and Panyar are still in the green zone, so they haven't even been moved up to the red yet, so they're still okay. However, they've also put in, as I've said now, already their own restrictions. Panyar will be going into lockdown from the 3rd to the 16th of August, the same as Phuket. There will be no entry or exit for anyone except emergency services and you know, vehicles delivering goods and stuff like this. Yeah, so things are getting a lot stricter right now in the province. And yeah, I'm not sure this is really the time for tourism. I think people traveling here are going to face a lot of restrictions and the inability to go and do things. Chonburi is being put back into the dark red zone, which means Utapo Airport now will be out of bounds for Phuket to Utapo flights which was a, a route for people to try get to Bangkok, and that's going to be cut out now as well. So yeah, it's just getting more and more restrictive here in Thailand. Phuket Sandbox, Samui Foreign Tourist Projects to continue despite increase in COVID cases. Prime Minister Prayut Chanacha is closely monitoring the Phuket Sandbox and Samui Plus model and ensuring that both projects continue despite rising new coronavirus cases in Phuket. 
according to the Secretary to the Prime Minister's office. Most of the COVID-19 cases are of local people, workers at construction sites, or those travelling across the province. The new cases are not of foreign tourists travelling under this project, he added. Only 30 of the 13,281 foreign tourists who have come as part of this sandbox project were infected. However, Phuket province has increased screening measures for travel into Phuket effective from August 3rd to 16th. The measures effectively limit travel in and out of the province for effective disease control and for the safety of all tourists and Phuket people, but does not close the sandbox project. Suratani province found 54 cases of COVID-19 in Koh Samui at a cluster of restaurants which the province was able to control. He confirmed that the Samui Plus model could continue as the infected group was not from the Samui Plus model foreign tourists or from the sandbox foreign tourists who travel from Phuket. Now, as you can see, this is just more nonsense coming from the government. Whatever they do, they have to save face on this. And it doesn't matter where the infections are coming from, whether they're coming from abroad or not. The bottom line is the province has COVID and you either deal with the situation or you shut the project down. Now, there seems to be this conscious idea that they should have zero COVID. And I'm sorry to tell them this, but zero COVID is not an effective policy and it will never happen again. We did well in this country for a period of time, but the idea of zero COVID is nonsense and they need to come to that conclusion. We need to continue our lives and learn to live with the disease. Over 70% of Phuket's population is now vaccinated. This is what they called for in order to be able to open up to international tourism, to have that herd immunity. Now, you can't turn it back and say the vaccine is shit, so that's why we have to have these kind of restrictions still. You either follow through on what you said or you don't. The Phuket sandbox is in dire straits right now. August bookings are going down the drain and September's are non-existent. People aren't going to come to a country that has COVID outbreak that's out of control. And that really is the problem here. There's no point cutting off domestic tourism within the country. Wasn't it part of the plan to have both international and domestic to bring Phuket up? And without the domestic part, the Phuket sandbox is a failure because hotels are just not going to have the capacity they need to keep people employed, keep restaurants open, keep shops open, entertainment venues open, etc. Because a couple of hundred tourists coming each day is not enough and not good enough. That brings us into the Phuket sandbox numbers for July as presented by the Tourism Authority of Thailand. And what we're going to do is we're going to break down these numbers a little bit more. Now, according to the Tourism Authority of Thailand, 190,842 room nights were booked in July. That, according to the TAT, represented 60% occupancy rate. Now, this is a very misleading number, as this occupancy rate is only for SHA plus hotels and does not represent the total number of hotels and room nights available in Phuket. Now, as of 2018, and according to the Department of Tourism and Sport, there were approximately 1,800 registered hotels in Phuket, giving us 84,700 room nights per day. Now, that works out at just over 2.625 million room nights available for the month of July, based on TAT's own figures, and that would give us an actual occupancy rate of just over 7% for July not the 60% that they've quoted, 4% for August and barely 0.35% for September. It's easy to manipulate numbers when you're using a smaller base. And there are many hotels that are open in Phuket that are not SHA+. But the problem is there's just not enough people to put into these hotels. And maybe some hotels just don't feel it's worth the effort 
to get SHA plus registered and certified. And they just think, well, we hopefully will just get tight domestic tourism. And of course, that's been all cut off now. So hotels are left in an awful position. Now, the top 10 nationalities were as follows. Number one, American at 1,898. The second was Thai citizens at 1,853 followed by British at 1654, Israeli 1580, German 889, French 888, UAE 606, Swiss 326, Dutch 255, and Australian 244. So the Americans were the first in the door, followed by the Thais. I don't care what anybody says, but the Thai returnees were not coming on holidays. These were people returning home and cannot be considered tourists. The Phuket Sandbox model is meant to be attracting tourists according to the TAT, which is not. Most of the people that are coming back here are returnees, expats who've been stuck abroad, teachers who maybe went home to get the vaccine and came back again, along with a lot of other people who actually went that route as well, and Thai people who've been stuck abroad, who would have normally gone through the ASQ in Bangkok, but now have to come to Phuket. Now, the problem also is that there isn't any extra money coming into the country because the ASQ in Bangkok now has effectively stopped because everybody's going to Phuket. So it's just been a transfer of wealth from Bangkok to Phuket, and that's all that's happened. We're not seeing any real extra money coming into the economy. In actual fact, we may be seeing less money coming into the economy. Somebody said something that I thought was quite interesting today to me. Now, if you look at Phuket, Panya, and Krabi, now these three areas draw huge amounts of people to the Andaman area. And instead of just focusing on Phuket, why don't they three of them come together and make create a giant sandbox? or a giant sealed route between Phuket, Panya and Krabi that could expand this whole area and really be an alternative for people to come and holiday in. I think it would appeal to people if you had such an area where you were free to move as a tourist. You had hundreds of kilometers but in the sealed routes knowing that everybody was vaccinated in these routes. All the hotels followed certain protocols, all restaurants did and that the majority, 70% of the population in these routes were also vaccinated. It would also stop the problems that local people in Panya and Phuket and Krabi have. A lot of people travel between Panya and Phuket to do business a lot of the time. And right now they're having great difficulty just even getting through the checkpoints. So their livelihoods are being affected. And I feel this would be a much better alternative than the Phuket sandbox money, which basically is only putting a few Thai baht in big companies' pockets. When I said there's about 7% occupancy, this is the real one, and Tata quoting 60%. Now, I do know a couple of hotels that actually are at 60% occupancy within Phuket. For example, the Novotol in Kama is roughly, I think, running around 60%. But it also has to do with the rate that they're offering. 14 nights for 17,000 baht. Beachfront hotel, nice pool, $30 a night. You can't be that. Now that's just great value. But that's going to put out, put any bed and breakfast or guest house out of business. Because you have a four to five star hotel selling at bed and breakfast rates. And if you have a choice between a bed and breakfast or there, you're going to choose the four or five star hotel on the beach. Of course you are. I don't know what the solution is right now. I really do think a lot of these projects need to be amalgamated into one and create one giant sealed route. That would be a lot more appealing to European American citizens who want to travel to Thailand, want to at least feel a bit freer when they get here and not restrict. Because the people arriving now in the Phuket sandbox are basically, even if they've plans to go to other parts of the country, are going to be stuck in Phuket because there's no way of getting off the island, really. There's no method of travel. You're going to have to hire a private car 
to take you to Samui, to take you to Bangkok. And that is not cheap. So I don't know what the solution is right now for all these different schemes the government have come up with. But I really do think that it's something they should be thinking about. Not think small, think big, and attract people from Europe who would love to come and visit all these areas, but have the freedom when they get here to do so. I'd love to know what you think about this. Do you think my idea of a rather big sealed route of Phuket, Panya, and Krabi would be a good idea? If you were traveling to Thailand right now, would that appeal to you? I'd love to know your thoughts down below in the comment section. Army files complaint against coup poster. The army chief has filed a complaint against a social media user who posted that a military coup was brewing with plans to replace General Prior Chanacha with General Apirat Kongsampong as Prime Minister. General Narangpan told General Burin, director of the army office of the judge advocate, to file a complaint with the Nang Lem police against a Facebook user by the name of Natapong Akara. Major General Buren accuses the person of importing false information into a computer system under the computer crimes law. If found guilty, he or she could be punished by five years in prison and or a fine of up to 100,000 Thai baht. Anyone who shared this fake news, he said, would also be prosecuted. According to the army, very few people have seen the post. The Facebook user posted around noon on Friday, July 30th, that 300 troops from a special army unit from Lapuri had detained General Pryor at his house in the compound of the 1st Infantry Regiment in Bangkok. The post also claimed that General Narangpong was staging a coup. He had said tanks of 48 battalions, 34,000 troops, to seize Bangkok. The goal was to shut down the country for five years and appoint General Apirat, a former army chief and now the Vice Chamberlain of the Royal Household Bureau and Deputy Director of the Crown Property Bureau as Prime Minister. A source in the army said General Narangpong was very unhappy about the room because of Mike Cox unrest and panic. Besides, he had also maintained his view against coups, saying the chance of one happening under his watch was zero, according to the source. Now, what I love about this story is how thin-skinned these people can be. According to themselves, very few people saw the post. But now, after filing this complaint against this individual, the entire country now knows about this post. Could it be said that he is now spreading fake news as well? It's very hard to understand some of the laws in this country and this Computer Crimes Act and some of the defamation laws that are here. They're all very draconian and 50 years ago they would might have been okay, but certainly not in the year 2021. We all know that Thailand is a country where coups happen on a regular basis. And I think it would be of no surprise to anyone if a coup did happen in the next few years. It's just the way things happen in this country. I think we can remember the last coup, the general told us the very same thing, that there would be no coup. And a few days later, we had a coup. Two executives of Hua Hin Pub blamed for COVID-19 cluster get three months in prison. Two executives of the Maya pub in Thailand's Hua Hin Resort Town, which was the epicentre of over a thousand COVID-19 infections following an illegal ha concert held there in March, have been sentenced to three months in prison without suspension by the Prajap Kirikam Provincial Court. The company which owns the pub, Maya Music Entertainment Company, was also fined 40,000 Thai baht for breaches of the Communicable Disease Act, while the two executives, Chadi Singhalum and Kumkit Pikabon, were personally fined 20,000 baht each. Both Chadi and Kumkit were released on bail of 30,000 baht each. 
The concert, featuring popular Thai artist Joey Boy, was held on the night of March 30th and was attended by about 1,500 mostly young people, some of whom are thought to have been affected with COVID-19 unknowingly. Ultimately, more than 1,000 COVID-19 cases were directly linked to the pub. After the concert, the Senior Deputy District Chief of Hua Hin District was transferred to Kui Buri District and a disciplinary probe was launched by the Governor. The Hua Hin Police Superintendent, Police Colonel Pai Poon was also moved on to an active post at the operations centre of the Provincial Police Office pending the outcome of another investigation. Governor Palop said that the premises in which the Maya pub was located will not be permitted to be used as a pub again. So good to see some justice against people who have been breaching COVID-19 protocols in their establishments and finally getting a bit of justice. But it does make you wonder what happened to the guys who owned the two clubs in Phuket, which started off the huge COVID cluster back in April or March, I think it was. I can't remember when it was, March or April. Yeah, there was two clubs there, uh, one in Kamal, I believe, and one in Patong. And those guys have never gone to jail. Have they even got a fine yet? It's never appeared in a newspaper. It hasn't gone to court yet. Seems to be that people are dragging their feet on it. But yet again, it seems to be maybe these guys in Hua Hin didn't have enough money to get out of it. Because it looks like in Phuket, that's the way it is. And finally, in relation to vaccines for COVID-19 here in Thailand for expats, there is a new website where you can register. It's called expatvac.consular.go.th. I will leave the link down below in the description for any people here in Thailand watching the show. You can go onto this website and you can register for a vaccine. I believe you will be getting either AstraZeneca or Pfizer. I'm not 100% sure uh, which one it will be, but I think it's actually Pfizer right now. But the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Thailand would like to clarify certain issues of the registration for the first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine for foreign residents as follows. The email response error that occurred today has been resolved. The system will generate a responding email for all error inquiries as soon as possible. Now that is true. I was just testing the website today and I got that error message and then I received the email about five hours later. So for people who've done it, just wait. Uh, regarding visa types, the Ministry for Foreign Affairs is currently prioritizing foreign residents in Thailand as special tourist visa holders are categorized under tourist visa. STV holders are not eligible to register in the system. So this rollout at the moment is basically for people who are here on certain visas like a marriage visa, uh, a work visa, a retirement visa, an educational visa. It does not include people who are on tourist visas at the moment. And there were some issues over personal data today where it looked like people could see everyone's name, address and email on the site. They have a lot of problems with websites here in Thailand, but apparently those concerns uh, have been addressed and resolved by the MFA. So this website is specifically for foreigners to register for uh, vaccination here in Thailand, anywhere in Thailand, not just Bangkok, any province, Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai, uh, Prachikiri Khan, Chanburi, Phuket, anywhere in Thailand, you can register on this website for your vaccine. So don't worry, there is a lot more options right now for people, uh, especially than when I was trying to get vaccinated a few months ago. Uh, it does seem that um, avenues for vaccination now are opening up around the country. So I'm a little concerned and confused where all the vaccines are coming from for all this, but we will see. Now the Pfizer they're discussing here, and that will be made available, are part of the 1.5 million that were donated by the US government. 
and apparently 150,000 of them were guaranteed that they would go to foreign nationals within the country. So that means that's enough for 75,000 people because it's two doses. But that's a little bit of good news for expats here who are still concerned about getting vaccinated. There are more avenues open to you now. And uh, yeah, best of luck and hope you get uh, your appointment as soon as possible. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow.